Welcome. This is Bleacher Blums, a sports podcast for baseball fans. Now here's Dave Tuttle and the Astros' master of banter, Blummer. Zoom in on your, this loaf right here. Your hair is impressed. Oh my dude, yeah. It is very impressed because I haven't this is six weeks of growth right here and it's not it's not good. It's not good at all. So you're, you're, you're acting like the hair salons are shut down in Texas, which I know they are. Uh, not. I, I kinda quit myself, you know, like quit, comma, myself. I just gave up. I, I, I'm a full blown quitter. I've got COVID fatigue. I've got 2020 fatigue, and apparently you still think we've got a shot in this race. So that's what I like about your shirt. I do. I mean, we're petitioning all the election results in Georgia, Pennsylvania, I think some other places, just to see if uh, if the bleacher blums are going to be inaugurated on the 20th instead of Biden or uh, Trump, for that matter. Yeah, we may have to, around that time, we may have to have, hold our inauguration podcast for ourselves because we Ooh. have nominated ourselves the president of podcast land. <laughs> I wonder how that would go over. And then we could start uh, censoring and banning and picking our own podcasts. So I think that'd be a lot of fun. And then we could actually like alter it and put us at the top and say we're the best. But according to last week, our 100th show, Number Hundo, went over with uh, rave reviews. We got a lot of downloads. People kind of latched on and enjoyed the moment. I'm sure, it, I'm sure it helped having Elon Musk tweet out that 100 that I showed everybody. I have no idea why he did that, but I latched onto it and made it ours. He was pretty impressed, but fans got out there. So thank you to everybody who's listening and watching this podcast, obviously on the social Nostra network or on every, uh, you know, every podcast platform you can find. So thanks everybody. Yeah. Blummer. It was great. I mean, the, the feedback was great. Uh, we got some fan mail, a little more congratulations or, you know, self congratulations, like patting us on the back by our fans and ourselves, but, uh, yeah, arms a little tired from doing that. But I will say just the publicity and just the kind of the energy that came with it was kind of nice because it seems like we've been in this lull, as you already mentioned, with COVID and, you know, 20, uh, the year 2020 in general. I don't know what the what's on the horizon in terms of next year. Like where I think everybody's so funny. They're talking about the new normal and and oh, gosh, it's going to be so exciting to get into this new um you know, the, the new year, because all this stuff's going to change when in reality, we're not really sure much is going to change. I will say this, um, our lovely governor, uh, Gavin Newsom has put uh, like stay at home <laughs> orders in place. But what the news is covering, and this is interesting, because restaurants and hair salons put a lot of time and energy and money, which is usually the key into making themselves kind of COVID proof or COVID safe with the social distancing and eating outside and wearing a mask if you get a haircut, even though you're um, I guess, protesting against getting a haircut, but, uh, I'm anti but, I, right now. <laughs> but I will say that, uh, that the, uh, sheriff's departments are kind of vocally or verbally, or, uh, I guess, um, coming out publicly and saying that they will not enforce yeah. some of those stay at home orders. And part of that is you can imagine going to a restaurant or a, uh, small business owner and saying, Hey, you know, sorry, the governor has now, you know, it's kind of the police yeah. state. The governor has now said, you're not allowed to cut hair in that chair right over there while you're both wearing masks and you're, you you're both agreed to do it. Hands up. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so so maybe that's a silver lining of living in California. I mean, maybe there's more than that, obviously, weather. But uh, in terms of the 
I kind of thought this was going to be another uh, regression, you know, back mm -hmm. to phase one or something like that. And what we're finding is that hair salons that want to stay open and my CrossFit gym that wants to stay open and uh, restaurants that want to stay open that have followed the protocols are, you know, they're able to do so at least at this point. But, uh, but we do seem to uh, not have a great handle on this. We're not really uh, much further along than we were eight months ago. So uh, we're going to keep doing this podcast, even during slow sports weeks, like we had last week. Yeah, too. Tell me about it. Cause uh, you know, we are very happy to continue to put this podcast on, you know, world's strongest man is uh, CBD is one of our biggest supporters along with Just Geek It Solutions and Ram Shirts. But uh, if you go to WSMCBD.com, I actually just put this on my Instagram, is that they've got a 30% off uh, discount code going right now, which is great leading into the holidays uh, for WSMCBD.com. Uh, we are both users. We're both uh, big fans of them. And we're obviously big fans of them because they support our podcast and they feel it worthy to get out there. One of the interesting things I heard about it, and it was actually listening through their stories, and, you know, it's, you kind of take it for granted with so many CBD companies out there, you kind of just assume everybody's got the same product, but you really don't know what's being put into those CBD products. And that's where W, you know, world's strongest man has their farm in Kentucky and they actually take it straight from the farm, develop it and put it on the shelf. There's nothing in between. So that's why we really appreciate WSMCBD.com. Check them out. They've got 30% off going for a limited time right now. So I really implore you to go do that. But at the same time, this week has been excruciatingly, if that's a word, slow. I haven't, you know, Des Bryant quitting the season because of COVID. Nah, whatever, that's not an intriguing story to me. That's just another. Des Bryant was still playing in the NFL. That's so. the question. Isn't that the funniest thing? It's like when Des Bryant announces quitting the season, I went, did he even start it? <laughs> so I had no idea. Uh, there was a big trade between the Rangers and White Sox. They picked up Lance Lynn, which I think was a great acquisition. He's a, he's a, a Cy Young candidate over the last couple of years, an absolute innings eater and a bit of a grinder out there. So I think that's going to be a nice veteran presence if, if you're looking except, for teams. Go ahead. Except he's got a pitch for Tony La Russa. <laughs> we think. No. I don't know. What? Has he been arrested yet? Is he, is he on I the chain know. gang? Yeah. Didn't Lance Lynn go to the White Sox? Is that what you just said? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. And I keep thinking ever since Tony La Russa got hired, they kind of hush-hush that thing. It was a big deal. And now we don't know if he's going to manage or not. But who knows if we'll have a season, I guess. Hey, we're all looking forward to 2021. Oh, my but gosh. We yeah. don't know if we're going to have a season. So, Yeah, that, that is a very good point. You know, that's another thing. You know, as much as we talk about winter, the virtual winter meetings that are going on and things like that, I'm about to uh, unlock. Can you hear my dog in the background crying at my commentary? Okay, good. We cannot. Okay. But uh, yeah, the virtual meetings are going on and all that kind of fun stuff. So we're just kind of, we're going to, we're going to kind of, you know, work our way through this podcast. I'm leaning on you, man. Yeah. Well, I did pull up our little fantasy football standings and it's Dude, funny I keep dropping out. Man. I'm falling well, like a stone in our, in our, in our rankings. Not, well, you're not falling as far as now we're really close. So I'm six and seven and you're seven and six, but there's a hmm. ton of parody this year. We did not have the parody last year. And yeah. so now I'm just trying to scrape into the playoffs. I think there's one kind of Tom's terrific, terrible team at the bottom. And then Sunny side up, which I'm assuming, I think he won last year. He was in the running last year. Tom's but, terrific uh, team has absolutely quit. I mean, read yeah, his record. I think so. Yeah. Three and 10. Oof. I mean, you got to work to lose that many games. Well, I don't know. Tom may not be happy about that. Let me see. What's Tom's his, uh, terrific. 
Yeah, that's what I said. Tom's terrible team is what I <laughs> that's what I went with. Tom has no um, idea about this podcast, and he's getting ripped. Yeah, he does. <laughs> um, let me make sure this uh, my pod stayed on here. Yeah, they did. I thought they were connecting. So we're just having a lot of technical stuff here. So there's a lot of parity in our in our league. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I think that will hopefully bode well with uh, the playoffs coming up. Cause I think I got a chance to squeak in and if I squeak in, you know, so you're saying there's a chance. I'll, That's I'll all you need, man. Ticket to the dance and you never know what happens, right. man. We've seen it so many different times. Yeah. I think like most things we talk about the consistency in baseball, but you know, as it relates to fantasy football in the year 2020, what the other thing that kind of strikes me is that it's very week to week when, you know, like half your team all of a sudden has COVID, you know, it's like, Oh, everyone's got COVID and you're like, Oh, okay, great. Well, I, I mean, I started two weeks ago. I started two guys that I didn't even know weren't going to play. <laughs> and I look at my lineup and I lost the game by like 10 points and I played two guys that didn't even start. They didn't even play. So uh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. completely you, my bad, but still. Or you do what I did and you pick up Josh Jacobs backup, assuming he's going to get some touches. And then all of a sudden John Gruden just gets completely away from him and doesn't even touch him. So I'm like, all right, whatever. So yeah. But in that regard, when you have Darren Waller as your tight end, you're like, oh, all right, keep dude. throwing him the ball. I don't care. Like, that dude Josh is Jacobs. a beast. Nobody yeah. ever talks about this guy. I don't understand why not. I mean, he's he's out there in Vegas, but at the same time, I mean, he is a huge weapon for them, man. He has made them a great offense, I think. Oh, I totally agree. I mean, you know, obviously that would be something to talk about the jets tanking. I mean, we've talked about this before, oh, but yeah. they, uh, that was, I mean, that was their first win for sure. And what I like is, so we always talk baseball strategy on here. We're like, okay, this is what you want to do. Bunt, move him over three run Homer. Or this is how you're trying to pitch this guy. We, I do not know enough about football. Granted I played high school football, but Rodney Harrison came on Sunday night football and said, since and Tony Dungy, who really never calls anybody out, he's like, yeah, he tries to Tony, play like, it even and yeah, polite. he's like, yeah. well, you know, the coaching decision there was a little suspect, but this is why he probably did that. He's like, since <laughs> Pop Warner football with no Safety. time left, you do not all out blitz, you go back and you move. It's almost like a U. He's like, you guard the sidelines and you guard the goal line and you push everybody in. And as soon as they complete the pass, you swarm in and make the tackle. I mean. How do you allow Five seconds that to left happen. in the game. Yeah, well, <laughs> the defensive coordinator got fired, the old Greg Williams. But I just think if you, if everybody knows that and you're at the peak of your profession, then I think tanking is is definitely on the table, even though Adam Gase would yeah. say no way, and he'll lose his job because they're tanking. But um, that was too much. But that's the thing for me. As much as everybody wants to blame the defensive coordinator, there's still one guy that has, has you know – a, a ruling over what plays actually yeah, yeah. being sent in, right? If you have veto power, right? Yeah, like, yeah, you have ultimate they, veto power to go timeout. What the hell are we doing? Why don't we have a safety over the top? Why are we letting the you know, why are we putting these guys on the island and blitzing nine guys and putting our you know, it was unbelievable. So, I mean, I think you're right in the sense that it's it's just going to be a clean house, is what's mm -hmm. going to happen by the end of the year. And man, they're probably going to pick up uh, Trevor Lawrence out of Clemson to have him run the show up there. Yeah, you know, again, I mean, I guess Herbert was solid and um, Tag uh, Tonga-Vailoa is pretty solid. I mean, they're finding mm -hmm. out that he's a decent quarterback and, and they were in college. But again, you're still kind of, you're still kind of up for the, you know, the lottery here. You're kind of putting it out to chance instead of saying, hey, look, we got Sam Darnold a couple years ago with the third pick in the draft. He's a really good player. 
why don't we put better players around him? And we've talked about this on the podcast because I feel like um, not in a remorseful way or a, or a regretful way, but I believe if I had maybe signed out of high school with the Yankees who had drafted me, or if I had gotten drafted by a different organization in a different situation, I, and it's easy to say, but circumstances could have been a little bit different in terms of the support you have and the teams you play on and all of that kind of stuff. Dude, heck Somebody yeah. like Sam Darnold's got to be in the clubhouse going, I mean, he's like, great. You signed me, but could you give me a line? Could you give me, you know, give me somebody to throw to? I'm with you on that. But not even that, just, I mean, they've already thrown him out with the trash. Yeah, three years. Yeah, three years. Not even getting through his rookie contract. Yeah. Yeah. If you're reading the newspapers, it's kind of like, oh, well, they'll get rid of Sam Darnold next year. And it's kind of like, well, really? Like, am I chopped liver? Some team that wanted him a while ago can grab him and, and make it worth his while. Well, that's the thing. I wonder. I was just going to ask. Well, I wonder how often or how many times it's happened where there has been a situation where it's been a first-round pick, got three years of an opportunity, and they dumped him, went for somebody else, but that guy's kind of rebounded and, and become somebody in a different system when he is protected or given the opportunity to go out there and and perform, and he has the right weapons around him. You know, because you can't do it on your own. I don't care if you're the, you know, Tom Brady can't do it on his own. We're seeing that in Tampa. You got to have the right pieces around him. Mm-hmm. I, I think Ryan Tannehill is a good example, at least Ooh, currently. Good call. The Dolphins he's become a great quarterback. They, yeah, he's become a really good quarterback. I mm-hmm. mean, teams would grab him. Um, you know, I, I, Drew Brees was kind of an example. Of course, he's a Hall of Famer, but he started out with the Chargers, and the Chargers, um, when he got injured, they kind of had to make a decision, right, between Philip Rivers and Drew Brees, and they were mm-hmm. torn a little bit. And then the Dolphins did the um, the medical on Drew Brees, and they didn't like his medical, and they they didn't sign him, and. I'm sure they regret that every day. I mean, the Saints said, hey, we'll take a chance on this guy who's, boom, Hall of Famer, World Series, or World Series, uh, Super Bowl champ. <laughs> um, yeah, I got my, I got my merge wicks, got my sports mixed. Yeah. So, but I, I think it's, it's, it's a viable thought. And I think Ryan Tannehill, at least, and Drew Brees are two certainly good examples of, I mean, these guys didn't all of a sudden forget everything they knew. And yeah. I think that, you know, the Jets are just going in the wrong direction. And, and that kind of piggybacks. We'll make this an NFL podcast since that's what's going on right now. Um, Anthony Lynn, I mean, you're a Chargers fan. I just think, oh, man. I mean, I, I bet against the Chargers almost every week I can. And it seems to work out. I just thought 45 nothing was a little extreme. But how long do you let Anthony Lynn kind of run that organization when every game that's within three points, they lose. So games they are supposed to win. Uh, they lose. They almost lost a couple weeks ago to the Jets. Also, they were up 24 to three. And all of a sudden it's, you know, 24, 21 or tie, tie game, 24, 24. And they got to like pull it out in the end. Mm -hmm. I just think, I mean, you just, you can't do that. You can't do that. Yeah. As heartbreaking as it is. Cause I, you know, I, when the chargers moved to LA, I was kind of frustrated and was like, "Ah, I'm not going to cheer for them. I still watch every game they play. I'm still a charger fan at heart. Uh, so it's kind of tough for me to turn away. And then Herbert has actually been a guy that I've enjoyed watching play. And then Keenan Allen is a Cal guy, whatever, you know, so I've been watching. So I'm seeing the same things that you are. And part of me is so frustrated with him. But at the same time, I'm going, screw Dean Spanos, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's, he, well, he's the jerk that took him out of San Diego, didn't take care of him when they were, when they were down there. And he's actually a lot of the reason why they don't have some of those pieces in the right place to be able to do that. And then you get Frank Reich, who's a great offensive coordinator. He moves on to Indianapolis and he's turned Phillip Rivers back into a contending quarterback. So it's been kind of interesting to see that, but I'm with you in the sense that it seems like the charger charger MO right now is to go out there, play well, put up points, but not have enough in the end. It always seems like they they are the, probably one of the worst second half teams I've ever seen. 
Yeah, no, I agree. And I just think if you're watching that, but I think you're right. I mean, maybe this is what needs to happen to owners. And, you know, you have a little more insight into the history down there in San Diego. I feel like, um, I, yeah, I totally agree with you. Maybe this is what you get, right? You reap what you sow. And mm-hmm. we're finding this maybe with the White Sox. It'll be interesting. You can say to the see same thing having... about the Jets too, man, because the Jets yeah. management has just been a roller coaster ride. And now you got a team that's kind of you don't know what they're going to do. They seem to have a better owner, um, Johnson, but I'm not sure if that uh, you know translates into wins. Mm-hmm. And maybe you know I don't know how long you stick with Adam <laughs> Gase. I mean, we already saw uh, Patricia get fired from Detroit. The team that also jumps out to me is Chicago, the Chicago Bears. And Hallis's daughter, George Hallis, was the owner, and his daughter, that family, still owns the team. I mean, when they got Trubisky and they had a year, they were like, you know, what, thirteen and three or twelve and four, and they were kind of mm-hmm. building something there. And they got Navy, they got who was coach and, of the year, and defense, yeah, yeah. Khalil, yeah. So they were looking good. I mean, again, they're back to having a crummy owner. There's no kind of, um, it doesn't look like they have much to play for, and it doesn't look like they have much continuity or. Um, or uh, I don't know, future based on the pr- where they're going. And many people have said what you've said. I've been reading some articles, which is good. You know, the Hallis family needs to sell the team and get out of there. And, you know, they're reaping what they sow. So I think the Spanos family and the, the George Hallis family um, are certainly owners that are not as uh, well liked, I guess, around the league. And, it, and it's kind of a generational thing, too. You feel like those, those are names of, you know, NFL past that haven't really kind of adapted the current situation. I don't know how – I don't know enough about football to say that the evolution of the game has changed drastically, but I do believe that, uh, you know, the idea of putting a team together has, has been different. And I think the Cleveland Browns are actually a very good indication of this because if you start – I, I want to say uh, – Podesta is his last name, but uh, the GM or he's running player development for Cleveland Browns. But the Cleveland Browns front office has a a very interesting mix of football and baseball. I don't know if you knew that, but a lot of there's a lot of baseball minds behind that Cleveland Brown team. And they're having a very good year because they stuck with Baker Mayfield. They got running backs. They built a line. They got some complimentary players and a defense, and they've they've actually done a really good job. I like watching them play football, and they've succeeded. That's a great example, and I don't know much about their ownership. It's D Podesta, yeah, and D Podesta used to be the I think the assistant to Billy Bean in Oakland, so he has that money ball kind of that Ivy League uh, connection. Thank you for that. But I, yeah, yeah, but I totally agree with you. I think that's a good example of hey. Baker Mayfield, we got with the first pick in the draft and boy, he was terrible his first year. And eh, last year we thought it was going to be great. Well, guess what they did? They got Kareem Hunt and they got Nick Chubb and they got, you know, five first rounders on the defense and they got OBJ and they got, you know, Landry and they got these good character Mm -hmm. guys and good talent guys. And all of a sudden, boy, Baker Mayfield looks a lot better. Like how good is he really? I, I don't know, but as a but quarterback, read him. the defense, give it to this guy. <laughs> yeah, but that's kind of what we're saying about Sam Darnold up in New York is like, you know, yeah. maybe he's as good or maybe he's better than Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Baker Mayfield's been allowed to be in the system and watch it go around him and use those pieces around him. And I think that they're, they're right. a great example. I mean, it took a while. Don't get me wrong. You've got to be incredibly patient, but it's turned around and looks good this year. Can you name the number one uh, wide receiver in New York for the Jets or the running back, the starting running back, which I knew initially they had Frank Gore, but he was kind of hurt. Yeah, I was going to say Frank Gore, but can you name any of the Jets? Brett Perryman was a he's kind of a uh, an offshoot from uh, the Ravens. He was a former first round pick there. So Perryman. Yep. 
That's and then the running back is P Ryan. I believe it's like Samaji P Ryan, which was an Oklahoma guy, but you know more than I, I mean, that's, but I'm just saying, well, I've just seen him play a few times. My point is, you know, I can at least go through the Browns roster and name off like seven yeah, dudes, true. offense and defense, name the guys on the jets besides Sam Darnold, like hmm, the number one receiver. I don't know, some guy off the scrap heap maybe. And then the yeah. running back is like, it's committee, right? We got Frank Gore, who's going to go in the hall of fame, but he's been playing the NFL for 16 years. That's your Jeez. number one guy. Like, I mean, it just, mm. like you said, it just, and they, they released Le'Veon Bell too, didn't they? I mean, it's been yep. an interesting yeah. year up there in New York. Yeah. Well, Le'Veon doesn't want to play if he's not happy. Now he's with the chiefs and he seems happier. And they, they're using Oh, he's got the time. NBA mentality where you're, yeah, you're like, so. Hey, I don't yeah. like it. I don't want to oh. get traded. There's a Houston conversation. Yeah. Right. I don't James know what Hart's the hell's going on. on with that. I'm trying to read these articles and then I'm reading all these cryptic yeah. tweets and I'm like yeah. Instagram posts. I'm going, what is, does he want to be here? Cause he puts like hashtag rocket for life. And then he, then he doesn't just, then he's doing the Dennis Rodman program where he's out in Vegas, just doing whatever. Yeah. And it, you know, then the report the next day is he's getting traded to like six different teams. So I, what, I wish I could explain it, but I have no idea what's going on. I know that John Wall I, is here now. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> and that far. Is he going to play with Harden or isn't he? Uh, yeah. I think, hey, good good jump to uh, something at least related to Houston. But I, I feel like the NBA more than anything, we've talked about this a little bit, where you have LeBron James going, all right, Anthony Davis, come play with me. You know, recruiting him on the HBO show Barbershop. Like, hey, <laughs> I'll just get him to come on in. And, you know, but, you know, you have Paul George with uh, Kawhi Leonard. I mean, you can kind of make these super teams. It's going to be the Nets. We can tell the playoffs right now. It's going to be the the finals are going to be the Nets um, with or without Harden, probably the Nets there with Kyrie Irving and Durant. And um, yeah, Durant coming back is going to be huge. Yeah, yeah. That's going to be huge. And then you're going to have the Lakers and you're going to have the Clippers. So there, I mean, Golden there's three State. teams. I yeah, mean, I know Golden, they're not going to, they're not going to yeah, have Thompson. They lost Clay Thompson, yeah. which is tough, but. I'm, my point is you can kind of get these super teams together. No other league lets you do that. And we do say it's a player's league, but I mean, baseball, maybe because it's 25 man rosters or 40 man rosters, we can't do that. But could you imagine like Mookie Betts now, he wants a long-term <laughs> deal from the Dodgers and, you know, Dave Roberts, they're coming off their world series championship. And he says, I don't like my contract. I want to go back to Boston, trade mm -hmm. me or I'm not showing up. Like I just, I just, and you're laughing, but it doesn't seem like that would fly for one for two. It's not really, it's not part of the culture in, um, in the, in football or in, yeah. uh, in baseball. So I, it's. Yeah, no, the NBA is interesting. I think it all goes back to unions too. You know, the, the baseball union hasn't been broken. They're they, they work within their parameters. They understand. And I also think the way they negotiate their contracts is a little bit different too, because if they, they have that five-year if it seems like they have the, you know, major league baseball, if you've got more than a five-year contract somewhere in that first half or first third of your contract, you have that opt-out idea or that clause where you can kind of go, yeah, you know what? It was fun being here. And I know I'm making a crap ton of money, but I got to go. <laughs> You're going to go yeah. find that money somewhere else. But, and it's also funny too, that they put that in there because the idea of opting out of another hundred million dollars is pretty risky. So I think a lot of those guys yeah. forego all that just to stay with that team, just so they know they get the paycheck. Yeah. Well, I mean, their families would appreciate that, as you said, but I, I families, families, it, families yeah. would appreciate that. <laughs> yes, that's right. And you know, it is interesting. So what is the, what is kind of the, um, uh, I don't know, the, finger on the pulse there what is it what is the i mean you said you're reading articles but is james harden like is he really he hasn't announced a holdout and the coach keeps saying oh no i'm just leaving him alone i'm keeping my distance i'm not really 
And then yesterday he came out and said, well, I kind of consider it a holdout. He should be here. I mean, what is, is, is his tactic going to work? I mean, what, what is he doing? I don't know. That's the question. Yeah. If the tactic does work, what was the, what was the work, you know, because yeah. yeah. holding out, you either want a new contract, but he's got, I believe he has to have the max contract. Yep. So he's getting paid relatively well. Uh, he's got every record. I think he's climbing up every record, you know, ever made by a Houston rocket. I mean, mm -hmm. he's passing some incredible names, you know, on points, assists and mm -hmm. uh, MVP votes probably. But I mean, is the tactic to, to leave Houston? Cause that's probably the biggest thing. If you're not going to show up and, and, and be a part of an organization, you're basically saying I've had my time, I'm ready to go. What are you going to do? But I, I don't know. I don't I wish I knew the answer to that question. I think we're all just going to kind of have to wait and see. And I think what ultimately, if I had to guess, if I'm just going out on a very, very short limb that, cause I'm not an NBA aficionado, mm -hmm. I'm not a James Harden yeah. aficionado. All I know is what, what's going on locally here is I think he's going to show up and yeah, I think man. he's going to play for the Rockets and I think he's going to be unhappy. But at the same time, this dude looks unhappy when he plays and he puts up mega points. And I think that might be the entire motivation right now. If you if you look at him and this organization with the Houston Rockets and where they're at, he's gonna he's going to show up. He's gonna put up points and not worry about the W's or L's. Well, I mean, and we all know how that how great it is to have a guy like that in your clubhouse. I will say this: if they can give him some hope, so John Wall, who's always kind of been a, a misunderstood guy as well, you have John mm -hmm. Wall and Harden playing together. Um, which kind of gives Harden the ball back, right? Westbrook yeah. is more of a, of a ball dominant guard. Get one other piece, right? Get somebody from another team, a big or a, you know. A, well, they got they got Daryl Cousins. Cousins is coming in. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, Demarcus Cousins. Demarcus yeah. Cousins, and he played with Wall in Kentucky, I believe. Right. So they've yeah, got yeah, they the history there. But there, there's your yeah. big that if he's healthy, he could actually do some damage. Yeah, and now it has to do with the mentality. But if the three mm. of them decide, hey, we can take down some of these big boys, then then you have a difference. So again, for this conversation, contracts, hold out, is he going to play or not? This is really about mindset and mentality, as you know. I mean, DeMarcus Cousins being healthy, John Wall being healthy, and James Harden being healthy as a formidable three with you that, know, that's a good pretty five. Good, dude. Seven, that's a pretty good team, which is so funny to say that here because these guys get so grouchy and ornery about like, you know what's over there and we all do that right hey they just bought a new car like why don't we get a new car and mm -hmm. I, I think that would be a formidable team there's got to be a sense of maturity too i mean james harden has been the guy for so long and like i said he's setting records left and right every time he steps on the court with the houston rockets inside their organization that and we've seen it over the years too where you know like albert pujols and some of these guys who, who who mature a little bit and understand that it does take a team to go out and win a championship you know, it'd be nice yeah. to see that kind of mentality like you're talking about kind of show up and say, OK, it's not perfect, but I'm good. He's good. That guy is is good. And if we all play together as a team and figure this thing out, maybe yeah. we can go out there and play and I can still get my points and still get the pub and still get the press that I want. You know, I, I am naive still in my mind when I think about I that. I think we all are because we I think both of us are because we played and we still yeah. see some of the purity in the game because we still believe in the sport. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, but I, I hate and maybe when you played, you could uh, uh, kind of expand on this because um, it's really, you know, everybody, only the people in the clubhouse, I should say, know what's going on in that clubhouse. And um, we talked about this uh, a couple I don't know, a couple spring trainings ago. So we didn't really have a spring training this year, but kind of initially when we started the podcast, 
about um, reading the press clippings, right? Oh, the Red Sox are the favorites and the Dodgers are the favorites. And, you know, if you guys read that in 2005 when you're the White Sox, I mean, I don't think the White Sox were prognosticated to be the team to climb the mountaintop and win it all. And I just think that that's that, you know, you can kind of get in your own clubhouse. And if you have enough talented guys, um, believe in yourself mm -hmm. and then create this kind of energy um, to be a winning team. And I think that part is, um, I don't know, that's the part that you're talking about the beauty of the game and the purity of the game. Mm -hmm. That's the part that fans want, right? We're fanatical. Oh, we just believe, we believe our team's going to win no matter what the Astros are going to win this, you know, the world series next year, the uh, Texans are going to win the Super Bowl next year when they get a new coach and a couple new players. Like it's a little bigger leap from that, but the fans believe yeah. it. And so if you can get that, it can be just the flip of a switch. And I, I don't know how we got really that deep into the rockets, but it would be interesting because more so than in any other sport we said this before like a lebron james team is going to go to the finals most years because he's the best guy on the planet no, james right. harden with two other guys could really make an impact yeah and that's you know and and both of us being kind of complimentary players you know i wasn't the superstar in any <laughs> team i played with until after you know a ball i mean I, up until a ball and then after that it just became a guy trying to get to the big leagues but you know there's got to be a certain weight uh, on you personally as knowing that you're the, you know, you're the expectation, you know, everybody is hanging on every shot you take. Everybody's hanging on when you show up to camp, because they know if you don't show up to camp, the team is going to implode to your point about the NBA, James Harden, if he doesn't show up for the Rockets, you know, we talk about war in baseball wins above replacement. I mean, I can only imagine if they calculated that for the NBA, what a guy like James Harden would mean for the Rockets. You know, do they go from a, from a 45, 50 team win to 30, 35? I mean, is he worth yeah. 10 or 12 wins over the course of a season? I, you could probably argue that with what he's able to yeah. go out and do, but yeah, based uh, on his numbers, I would say, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's hey, a little I'm bit different in the NBA like that. We'll do a quick transition holiday season here. Um, I didn't point this out before the Waddle Tuttle say, but I got red. Look at you. I got, I got red, red in there. So elf on the shelf. Man, I was going to talk a little bit about red elf on the shelf who we've talked about before. Um, I went to the grocery store yesterday and the grocery store in our neighborhood has a uh, find, uh, find the elf on the shelf at the grocery store. I guess they want you to spend that, more time in there. Doesn't traders do something like that? Trader Joe's? Trader Joe's always has an animal have, of some yeah, sort, they have like, like a, a lemur animal. or yeah. Uh, yeah, our girls would love or, going in there. They're, they would look for it yeah. all the time. Anyways. Yeah. Oh, we do the same. No, but, but Stater brothers has an elf on the shelf, but what, what I'm finding now is that our elf on the shelf, and we've mentioned this before is a little less impactful and we don't really know <laughs> in terms of the belief system and who believes what and how things are going, but, uh, you know, moving them around this year. And I griped about it a few years ago because this, you know, they had invented this thing that now we're, you know, hunting around every night, like, Oh my God, I forgot the elf on the shelf. You know, the same as the tooth fairy is, um, is it's been a little more fun this year, but I noticed that now the girls both 11 years old will be like, Oh, well, that's not a very good hiding place. Like red's just kind of like mailing it in is kind of what they're saying. <laughs> red's a quitter. Yeah. And then, you know, so then I'm like, all right, I can, I can raise you. They straight uh, you challenged know. you in a roundabout way. They're like, yeah. you you're like, what, so, what? that's right. So the last three days have been like, all right, we see yeah. it now. We see it now. But I think underlying it all is they're like, I wonder how, how hard mom and dad could work to make this thing like float yeah. for one more year. So exactly. That's where we are with red. I know you mentioned AJ was your elf or is your uh, elf. JJ. But now 
JJ. And yep. now JJ, your elf is, uh, he's not in retirement, but you guys pass off the, pass off the duties though, don't you? Or yeah, no, we no. actually did. I, it, he hasn't popped out yet this year, but over the past couple of years, when the girls finally found out what he was and how it was, how it actually worked, it actually might've been, shoot, what are they? They're 16 and 17 now. It was probably like right around that 12 or 13 year old age where they kind of figured they were like, Oh, like, and I think it was because they're starting to see like other people's posts on social media and they're like, wait, what they got that elf, you know, they're all of a sudden it kind of clicked, yeah. but they took it upon themselves since we said, okay, now that you guys know it, we're going to kind of back off. They, they went, what you're going to, what? So they kind of took it upon themselves and they got pretty creative with it. And uh, yeah. if, and when it does make an appearance this season, dude, you can't touch it. So I had, where's the mask? The mask. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> mask for it. There you go. That's the only mask. You know what that is? That's impressed. Yeah, that's impressed. There you go. Anyway, I, like I interrupted you, but Red no, you're good. on the podcast. No, good to see Red out there. But uh, hey, we're always open to having special guests on the show. We're glad that Red showed up. Yeah. Um, big news with Red being here. I've got big personal news of my own. My oldest okay. daughter is on the varsity team, uh, varsity volleyball team for Seven Lakes High School, who will be playing in the Texas 6A state championship game this Saturday up in Garland, Texas, just outside of Dallas. And they will be nice. playing Klein. How about this? They'll be playing Klein High School, which is a Houston area team. So the, the Texas women's volleyball state champ for 6a will be out of the houston area houston area nice it's fantastic yeah. and you'll be able to talk about it when the uh astro season kicks off if uh oh, whoever wins you'll out. know yeah oh whoever if, if wins we end up winning that. yeah you will definitely know it <laughs> yeah yeah oh gosh no i know that but is 6a the biggest do they go that way yeah. 6a 5a 4a so you're you're in the biggest division with the biggest area the biggest draw that kind of stuff. yeah they're, they're gigantic i think our school at full capacity without covid is 38 to 3800 to 4000 kids at a school mm-hmm. and uh out here in texas when we first drove by the high school the girls actually drove by and go hey what college is that so mm-hmm. it, it is a massive structure but uh, we're incredibly excited about them and it's been a, it's been a lot of fun for me because it's kind of been a growing and learning year for my oldest daughter who started the season as a junior outside hitting starter twisted her ankle, lost her job, kind of worked her way back. And it was kind of, uh, it was really interesting to see how the season unfolded because you'll love this. They're playing in the regional final game or they're playing in the, sorry, the state semifinal game last week. She's on the bench to start the game and the starting outside hitter who took her spot as a senior jumped up for a block or jumped up to go for a hit. There was a little confusion underneath the net do, just twisted her ankle gone mm. my daughter came in and played a great game and helped out so it's been kind of fun to kind of see the evolution and talk mindsets and talk about you know how important practice is and things like that to try and recreate some of the game situations so that when all hell breaks loose you don't necessarily panic you kind of revert to the fundamentals and this team has done a very good job at doing that and it helps nice. too that we have a six foot four team usa uh, right side hitter that's six foot four and absolutely hits just laser beams over the other side of the net, <laughs> but it's been a lot of fun to watch. So we're excited, man. Yeah. This is the last level. And you know that too, a senior in high school where you have that disparity, right? Cause the six mm-hmm. foot four absolute laser hitter is going to now go to Texas or Stanford or Cal Nebraska. or wherever. 
Nebraska, which is one of the top five programs in the country. She's going to go there and be next to a bunch of six, two, six, three, six, four outside hitters that hit lasers. So isn't it crazy I mean, to be like this now you go to college and it's like, isn't it the further right. you get, the more everybody kind of, Oh, it's so great. Right. Yeah. It's so true yeah. too. I, well, I think I mentioned that too, when we used to travel as a baseball team, if you're like, are you guys a basketball team? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. well, we're all like six, one to six, four kind of meandering around. And they're like, yeah, I don't think you've seen a basketball team. Cause if you get next to a basketball team, even like, taller. we're all looking up. They're even taller. Yeah. I, I mean, really I stood next that. to Jimmy Jackson before, you know, Jimmy Jackson's like six foot six and you know, about two twenty. you're like, Oh, Good that's Lord, what a basketball man. player looks like. All right. Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> so, what they mean I by mean, taking up space. Yeah. Yeah. Or Jordan playing baseball against Jordan. I know you've been around plenty of basketball players, you know, it's just, yeah. it's crazy, but, uh, but anyway, that's great. Congratulations to uh, to Mia and the whole team, and let's let's get after it. I mean, let's let's yeah, bring that, it on. That's home. basically where we're at right now. Is just get after it, and they've got to believe it. I mean, you make it this far, there's got to be some self belief, and they're they're pretty confident when they're playing well. And uh, hopefully, it goes nice. great. And hopefully, next week I've got some great news for you. But uh, awesome. I, I think I'm fried, man. You good? You got anything I'm good, else, man? We- I know I got nothing else. Uh, I, I, you know, appreciate you again. Like what you said on episode 100. I mean, you know, we have good friends outside of the podcast world, but we get to see each other every week and catch up. And we caught up a little bit today prior to the podcast. But uh, I like this weekly uh, uh, therapy session and and kind of uh, engagement with the fans and all this stuff. So uh, yeah, no, I got I got nothing else. And uh, I don't think Red has anything else either. That's good. I'm glad Red made an appearance, and I'm glad you're holding on to the belief that we have an opportunity in this uh, in this uh, inauguration coming up in a couple of months. Keep the faith strong in Bleacher Blums. We appreciate everybody who's continued to watch and listen. You can go to the Social Nostra Network on YouTube and uh, let us know what you think. Uh, we got a great deal of views on that last one, so we greatly appreciate that. And of course, we would not be here if it were not for our veterans and it it wouldn't be for our military, those first responders, essential workers, uh, frontline workers, everybody who is out there just finding a way to keep us safe and get us through the situation we're in right now. We greatly appreciate it. And like every podcast, Red's in on it. Get after it. Most of all, believe it. See you next time.